Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha, good morning. Welcome to Island Conversations. To remind you, here on the Big Island of Hawaii on Sundays, we're on the radio on KWXX and B93, B97. And the interviews rebroadcast the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo. And you may always listen to Island Conversations wherever you get podcasts. Just look for Island Conversations or online at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. The Hawaii County Council is responsible for creating legislation and helping lead this county and its 200,000 residents in a direction that will help the county be sustainable into the future. Clearly, our county is facing some critical issues, and many people feel some of the basics, some of the looks at the future, are being neglected. Back in 2012, I had some great conversations with Jeff Melrose, who had created the Hawaii County Food Self-Sufficiency Baseline Study to help government and the citizens understand where we were then in moving towards sustainability, particularly regarding agriculture. North Hawaii County Council member Tim Richards has done a lot of thinking about how we should and maybe can be sustainable relative to agriculture, water, and energy. Council member Richards is chair of the council committee on this topic and is with us today to share his philosophy. And although we recorded this prior to everything being shut down for COVID, part of his focus now is clearly on how we can best use this time to look at what we're going to do better in the future since the COVID-19 situation has just highlighted how dependent we are on our own county for resources. Good morning, Aloha, Councilmember Richards. Aloha, Sherry. Thanks for the invitation. Tim, you are a veterinarian. You grew up ranching. I'm sure that informed your current focus on agriculture and water and energy, but tell us a little bit more about this. Why are you so focused on these issues? I've always said that people from agriculture are a little bit different. And when I say that, I say it with a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but also to the point that people do agriculture for different reasons. And it's not for a, uh, a financial gain and getting rich quick. A friend of mine once asked me about agriculture. When I explained what you have to go through to get through agriculture, he looked at me and said, that's your get rich real, real slow program. <laughs> and I said, yeah, that's pretty much it. To that... We talk about food security, food self-reliance, and I am passionate about agriculture. I'm passionate about all agriculture, large-scale, small-scale, conventional, organic, animal, plant, food, ornamental, everything, because that's part of the whole agricultural fabric. And to have successful agriculture, you have to hit a certain economy of scale. So take that and set it to the side. Our Big Island, our county of Hawaii, we have about 55% of the state land mass, which translates to about 4,000 square miles, a little over 4,000 square miles. We have 200,000 people. That's about one-seventh of the state population. So with all that, how do we make this thing work better? Realistically and quite potentially, we could be the breadbasket of our state. 
We have enviable water resources left over from plantation days. We have vast tracts of land that are very conducive to all sorts of farming and ranching. And um, and I, I put those together because they are all agriculture, again, plant and animal. The question is, how do we have the success going forward to make this happen? Well, first of all, and I, like you said, I have given this quite a bit of thought. We have to know where we are starting from. Right now, we're, we're importing about 90% of the food that we eat. Okay, we know we have the market. We've only supplying about 10%. So where are we with all this? Oh, about a month ago, maybe six weeks now, I went back and I looked at what the GDP coming out of agriculture is nationally and then locally within our state. And we've talked about this before at different times, Sherry. The economic numbers coming out of just each county is a little tough to glean. And so I have to make some assumptions. But long story short, I went to look at our economy and nationally out of our GDP, agriculture, think about the literally tens of thousands of square miles of agriculture. And you're talking about nationally? Nationally now. Okay. Nationally. Less than 1% of our GDP nationally comes out of agriculture. Which means a lot of our food is coming from way elsewhere. No. No? We produce the food. We are the number one exporter of food. But the point is, if we use economy as a measure of importance, food doesn't matter. Oh, interesting. And so I think this is part of the problem from a cultural standpoint, that we have gotten so good. And when I say we, yes, the United States... Yes, the world, because it's not just our economy. I looked at the European Union and a little bit right around 2% of their GDP. I went to and I looked at California because that is the big agricultural state. I think it's said if it was a standalone country, it'd have the fifth largest economy in the world. And it's GDP coming out of agriculture, 2%. Now, so that is fascinating because I really do know California and how much of it, you know, just by driving around is in ag. Yes. So 2%. So you're right. Food is not considered a, quote, big deal economically. So is that where part of our problem is if we look at public policy going forward? And we know in agriculture, less than 2% of our population comes from agriculture, has agricultural roots. Back 1800, changing to 1900, 50% of our population had ties to agriculture, some roots in there somehow, Uh, whether you worked on the farm or your grandparents had a farm, something along those lines. 1900s to 2000s, that had dropped to about 2%. Today, it's about 1.5%. And so we are losing that contact. Paradoxically, we're producing a lot more food per farmer. Does that mean we're just way more efficient? Way more efficient, which, again is a paradox because the amount of money we spend on a per capita basis for food is one of the lowest in the world. We have become so efficient and so plentiful that food is almost considered a right as opposed to the luxury of having enough to eat, which again, paradoxically, I looked at the Big Island and our county as a whole, we have roughly 200,000 people. The demographics, rough numbers, Of that 200,000 people, there's 100,000 between the age 18 and 65, 50,000 between 65 and whatever, and then about 50,000 18 and under. So a quarter of our population is 18 and under, 50,000, and it would appear from the numbers I can put together, and again, these are hard numbers to find, that one in five of those kids is food insecure, meaning they go to bed hungry. 
One in five. Well, you know, you say one in five, and recently when the food basket was having its Around the Island fundraiser at KTA, Kristen Frost-Albrecht said, in general, on the island, one out of every three people uses the services at one time or another of the food basket. So that one in five of the kids could actually be even more dismal than what you're portraying. But I know what you say. It's not easy to find numbers. And so I look at the success of our country for food production, and then I look at our local potential for food production, and then I look, we still have hungry kids. So, like you said, I think a lot. That's part of District 9. It's big, and I drive a lot. So I'm driving, I'm thinking. And you also have a lot of ag in that district. Yes, yes we have a lot of farmers in the greater Waimea area and Kohala, and we have a lot of cattle ranching. And so how do we strive to go to the future? We know where we are. We know where, where we need to go. We know we have the market. How many acres of land do we have here on the island that could be devoted to or are devoted to agriculture? Again, statewide numbers. We have roughly 4 million acres, a little over 4 million acres. And of that 4 million acres, over 1 million is in agriculture. Of that 1 million in in agriculture, about 750,000 is in cattle ranching. And the, the, I think it's approaching 300,000 is in row crops or whatever other type of agriculture. So realistically, we have a good jump at agriculture already. Now, where can we go with that? With agriculture, one of the big challenges is the producer of the raw commodity, whether it's beef cattle, papaya, tomato, whatever. The producer of that, the true farmer rancher, that is a very, very low margin item. The finances, the money is made and the value added. And so going forward, and it's always been my opinion, that we have to raise the commodity, but then we have to value add to it, whatever that means. If it's tomatoes, do we make salsa? If it's beef, do we have pre-cooked roasts? If it's papaya, do we have some sort of something else that we can do? If we have ulu, do we have ulu chips? Uh, there's an ulu moose that the, the ulu co-op here is doing. Well, you know, you mentioned ulu. I think the other things you've mentioned, like I know what to do with tomatoes, and I'm really good at dealing with beef, but ulu is a little bit more of a challenge. And yes. so a crop like that, which we can produce and do produce in plenty, I think it would be definitely a real value added to have it be something that consumers can just buy and use. And to that point, yes, we have to get value added and plate ready or pretty close to plate ready. But what if we developed more? We've, I'm sure you've tried the ulu chip. You've had the taro chips. Taro in our state right now, I think we have something like 300 acres under cultivation for taro. Kalo, that's it statewide. We import about 25% of the taro that we eat. And for something that is so culturally significant we still import it and we have four million acres in this state now grant it's not as easy to just say go grow because we have to dry land versus low and all that and i get that but the point is we have these opportunities so what we need to do and when i say we i'm not saying the community i'm saying we as government people need to have better public policy to get land in the hands of farmers and ranchers to help them produce what we are asking for 
course, Tim, I'd like to point out, and you know this, that the average age of the farmers and the ranchers is going up. And I think last time I looked, the average age was 69. And in some cases, the next generation is not interested in the very hard work that it does take to be in the business that you're so familiar with. How do we deal with that? How do we create more farmers or make the the jobs more attractive? This is kind of that old adage of the rising tide. We can't start by building the marketing unless we have the product, but we can't have the product unless we have the farms and ranches, and we can't have that unless we have the production model coming forward. We also have to educate, and so probably the big push right now in my mind is education. And we're actually seeing that with the farm to table programs going on in our school. That was actually pioneered back probably maybe a dozen years ago by the cattle industry trying to get the local beef production into the school programs. It took 10 years to get that to happen. And now it's flourishing and it's accommodating a lot more than just the beef side which is what we need to do. With that, Kohala High School has an interesting culinary arts program. And they're using what they're growing, and they were the first school in the state to do this farm-to-plate program. It was more per serving, but it was overall reduction in budget because the kids ate more food and they were far more efficient with what they were serving. So we can't just, again, measure on cost per. We have to look at the big picture. As it turns out, it's been vastly successful and it's being expanded throughout the state, which is great. We're going forward with that. But education there and the old FFA, the Future Farmers of America, during my high school years, I think we had like 28 chapters throughout the state. We dropped down to, I think, four, and now we're up to six or seven. We're making progress where it's kind of a reawakening. So education, but at the same time, we have to have good policy to support the farmers and ranchers. At the same time, we have to support our marketing and infrastructure. And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Today we're talking with Hawaii County Councilman Tim Richards, who's head of the Committee on Agriculture, Water, Energy, and Environmental Management, and is sharing his thoughts about agriculture, energy, and water. And we did record this prior to the COVID situation being as dire as it is now. Next week, we'll be talking with Dr. Scott Miskovich, the family practice physician, about how COVID-19 will probably change health care forever, about COVID-19 testing, and about antibody testing. Remember that you may always get Island Conversations as a podcast wherever you get podcasts or at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. That's also where you may get the news of the day and also where we post bonus podcasts. Let's take a moment and hear from our sponsor, KTA Superstores, one of the many fine stores on the island here to help you during this time of COVID-19. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. And a big thank you to KTA Superstores for their sponsorship. Let's get back to Hawaii County Council member Tim Richards. 
water is clearly very, very much tied in with this. And I know there's been some big issues about Department of Land and Natural Resources. Kai Kehali talked about this, that they're giving revocable leases, which means at this point, I think a lot of farmers on this island have to actually renew their lease every single year. And I'm totally not clear how a farmer can make any long-term plans if he doesn't know what's happening after the next September or the next September. And this is the point about government officials having good public policy oh, going right. forward. <laughs> going back. It goes back to that. When I first joined the county council, our county was looking at putting in agriculture leases in some lands in Hamakua. And they said, well, we're going to do five-year leases. And my response was, don't bother. Because if you think five years is a long time in agriculture, you're wasting everybody's time. Minimum 10 years with potential for renewing. And so they came back with 10 years with two renewals, so up to 30 years. Now we're talking of a scale which can make sense for someone in agriculture. And this is part of the problem. We view agriculture like we think we can view a lease of a warehouse space. In and out, turn on the lights, shut it down. Many people don't realize that to start up agriculture takes years. To shut down agriculture takes years. It doesn't just happen overnight. And to your point on the water, same deal. You can't have agriculture unless you have water. We have a consistent food supply because we have a consistent production model that in part is water. And if we don't have that water consistent over time, you can't get it done. Agriculture is very high dollar numbers, but very thin margins. Economies of scale play into this. Management of the land and thereby stewardship of the land and water all plays into this. But you have to have tenure on that. Otherwise, you can't make it work. So where do we go with the water thing? Because if I'm correct, the water typically is coming from state, not county. Kaikaheli said that he had charged the Department of Land and Natural Resources chair with creating longer-term leases and I don't think at this point anything has happened on that. Is there anything the county council can do to encourage that? Or is that just we're waiting for the state to deal with that? Because we can't have farmers not farming because they can't get water. Well, and that's the concern because we want the food self-reliance, but it's more than just saying that. We actually have to step up to the plate and support that program going forward. It is a state issue. This goes back to <laughs> studying our history. This goes back to the gold rush in California when gold was discovered the crown at that point claimed ownership of all the water and lands and the mineral rights so that's why we have the state owning all the water so we don't have water rights classically like you see on the mainland we have water licenses and under the constitution of 1959 and then the CONCON of 1978 I think it was the state was mandated to come up with these water licenses going forward well here we are what 40 years later we still haven't got it all done hmm. and we've started with from the county side even our department of water supply we don't have the licenses in place to supply all of our water we're working on it it's a plan in progress, but we haven't accomplished all that. So if we haven't even gotten the government to govern it worked out, how are we going to get the government to private individual worked out yet? And as I understand it, these Department of Land and Natural Resources water rights affect even our energy production because hydroelectric plants have to go through the same process. And you can't ask 
any utility, whether it's Hawaiian Electric or anybody else, you can't ask them to work on a year-to-year basis. That's just not practical. So I get that that is in the hands of the state right now. Now, you've talked about energy being tied in with all this. Correct. So give us a little sense of that. Okay, well, you've read through my agriculture water energy initiative. If we think that we can look at any entity and not think they're interrelated, we're kidding ourselves. We can't have value added unless we have something to add value to. Let's just take as an example beef. We can't value add. We can't have a, uh oven-ready roast unless we have the commodity. But we can't make it oven-ready unless we have the infrastructure to do that, pre-cook it or whatever the case may be. Even if it's vegetables and we want to have a ready stir-fry or something, we have to process that. In order to process that, we need water, and we also need energy. And we have one of the highest retail costs of energy in the nation is on this island. So we need to have energy production, and we talk about energy self-reliance, green energy, however you want to characterize it, basically renewable energy. The portfolio on this island for renewable energy is huge. We have hydro potential, we have wind potential, we have geothermal potential, we have photovoltaic potential. We have all of this potentiality. So what we need to do is combine that, and part of my concept is to use water in hydroelectric, use it as a pump storage hydro, meaning that off-peak demand time, we take the water from running downhill and pump it back uphill to store that energy using wind turbines, And then we use some of that water out of that to go into agriculture for irrigation. And so, again, not looking at one problem, looking at everything together. And you've heard me talk about the silo legislation. Well, we're guilty of it in many facets of our lives, but trying to tie things together. Because as we do that, we're going to find that synergy that we keep looking for, which will overall hit that economy of scale and reduce the cost, which is what we're trying to do. Where do we go from here with all this? How do we get to the solutions that clearly are needed? It's going to take leadership. Well, you're one of the leaders, Tim. I just want yes, to mention that. got that. You are a county council um, member. I am. And so <laughs> it's to, to push the needle forward. We start with, first of all, agriculture. I support all agriculture, like I said. To do that, we have to be open-minded and approach landholders. There are private landholders. There's state landholders. And work with them to change the mindset. Um, what I've pushed government, uh, both uh, at our county level but also our state level, is that we should be less concerned about the dollars the government collects from a lease and more concerned about the economy we generate because of that lease. Under Department of Ag, their mission, their charter, and the mission and charter of DLNR are two different missions. One is for preservation. One is for promotion of agriculture. And so there's bills going forward. There's bill, I think it's it's Act 90, which instructs turning leases from DLNR over to Department of Agriculture. So they're administered by Department of Agriculture. That is in place and has been in place for a bunch of years now, but it's been very slow in being implemented. We need to push that harder. When it comes to the water policy, we as a society have to support a water policy that supports agriculture, that supports even the energy you were talking about. To do that, we as a society also have to support agriculture. We cannot beat up agriculture for being agriculture. And that's one of the big problems. People are not from agriculture, and yet they 
want the product of agriculture. It's really paradoxical. We started this conversation with the importance of the economy from agriculture, which is really not that important. Paradoxically, if we don't have agriculture, we literally starve to death. We literally starve to death. And you mentioned we have 200,000 people here on the island, but we also have our main driver for the economy is tourism. And we have a lot of people who come here and clearly they need to eat too. And they want to eat well. Yes. Peter Merriman started the farm to plate initiative, what, 25 years ago, something like that. On our island, 200,000 people, roughly speaking, we need 1 million pounds of food a day. That's a thousand farmers producing a thousand pounds of food to market a day. If you add tourism in there, that adds about another 25%. Our state goes through over three billion pounds of food a year. That's kind of shocking to me. Yeah. Particularly because I also know there's a lot of food waste. 40%. Yeah. That's a national. 40%. What goes on the plate gets 40% gets thrown away. So as we get to the end of our time on this particular conversation, what does the public need to do to support these initiatives? We run into this fuzzy area between county, state, and federal. Yeah, that is fuzzy. And I get it. I understand. Um, When we were running into a slaughterhouse problem a year ago, I was asked by the state to see if I could help get things worked out. Because that was the small animal slaughterhouse that had to close down because of of somebody witnessing an animal they thought was being mistreated. Correct. In fact, I'm not really clear the animal was being mistreated. No, it wasn't. It was an interpretation. And uh, what it came down to was challenges on the interpretation of what we're, we're going through. And it's always been my premise that education is important. You know, don't punish people right away. Educate. If education doesn't work, then you come back around. But That's a long story short. That's actually a state federal issue, but as a county councilman, I was dealing with it. Part of it because my background, my passion for agriculture. I think I did a calculation. There's 118 elected officials in our state between the House, Senate, governors, mayors, and county council, and there's two of us from agriculture. Oh, my goodness. That's really shocking to me, given how much ag seems to be in the history of our state and also our culture but it fits the national average of about a little less than 2% of people from agriculture. And so what we need to do is, as a community, support agriculture. Yes, agriculture starts early. It goes late. Sometimes there's dust. Sometimes there's odors. But that's agriculture. That's what it is. I run cattle in Kohala, and I had a phone call once, and someone called me up to let me know my cattle were mooing. And I said, I expect they are. (laughs) (laughs) That's what cattle do. That's what cattle do. And to the point, not to spend a lot of time on that, but people forget where food comes from, and it comes from agriculture. And sometimes we have bare soils when we're doing whatever we need to do. Sometimes there are odors, sometimes there are noises, and that's just part of agriculture. I recently was working on the inter-island shipping, with uh, the PUC and Young Brothers, and we want to expand agriculture, but if we don't have the capability of getting our commodities to market at a reasonable rate, we're, we're going to kill agriculture, which means our, quote, sustainable food supply will be Matson. Is that what we want to do? We want more food self-reliance. So we have to support agriculture, and we have to publicly support the policies that support agriculture. What else should we know before we say aloha? We have a very good shot of increasing our food self-reliance. 
we have it. We have the lands. We have the water. We have the potential workforce. And yes, it's tough, but outer islands are a little bit different. Big Island is leading the way on that. We have the opportunity to do something in agriculture. We have to support the schools so we get the education part, the FFA, or those programs in place. We have to support the local politicians as well as the uh, state and federal politicians to step forward on agriculture as a importance. Even though it doesn't generate the money that we usually give the most credit to, it does support the society as a whole. And I leave people with these thoughts. If we look at the Mayan culture, the Angkor culture, even the Egyptians, and unfortunately most recently the Venezuelan, those are cultures in decline or gone. And a large part for that is because the society stopped putting importance on agriculture. They lost the ability to feed themselves. And so we have to be mindful of that. And that's why I'm a strong proponent of agriculture. I always will be. That's why I agreed to come into this position to try and make a difference for agriculture. And you know, Councilmember Richards, this is not Oahu. Our island really is rural, and that means a lot of agriculture. And I guess what you're suggesting is we need to remember that and embrace that. Exactly. Agriculture, agriculture potential, and not just for our local consumption, but if we have this value added, we generate an economy, we supply more jobs, more technical jobs for our local people, which means we can keep our young people home because they'll have a job and ability to support themselves here in our island. One of my big issues is affordable housing. And without the housing, we're not going to have the kids and the workforce. And so I can talk about all this stuff, but if I don't focus on affordable housing, and it's one of those things that we all agree we need, yet for some reason we come up with more ways than I can imagine on why we can't build it. I'm going to be working on affordable housing. Okay. Council Member Tim Richards, whose territory includes all of North Hawaii, thank you so much for being with us today. Aloha. Thank you. Aloha. And that was Council Member Tim Richards. You may reach him through hawaiicounty.gov. Just look for the county council. Thank you to our audience for being with us. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Until next time, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.